Blog Talk Radio. Izzard, every Saturday morning at 8 for wellness, wholeness, and wisdom. I am a local natural health care practitioner and psychologist. I will show you alternative paths toward health with a holistic approach. Don't miss Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom with me, Parthenia Izzard, every Saturday morning at 8, only on AM 860 WWDB. It's time for you to start making more money. Find out about the low-risk, wealth-building method millionaires use. They invest in real estate. And now in Philadelphia, you've got real estate riches. We show you how to acquire a couple million dollars in assets and have a $100,000 a year income within the next 10, 15 years. I just follow the program. I follow all the steps, did everything you're supposed to do, and I wound up right before Christmas with $16,000 extra dollars in my pocket. You already know that real estate is a smart part of any balanced investing portfolio. It's like a stock that pays dividends while it continues to appreciate, producing an eventual capital gain. We get our dividends from rent and our capital gains when we sell. Why waste money on useless books and tapes when you have real estate riches right here in Philly. Our workshops are free. Leave your checkbook at home. But seating is limited, so you must call 267-231-3920. That's 267-231-3920. Or register online at realestateriches.com. The opinions and statements expressed in the following program do not necessarily reflect those of WWDB, its staff, or management. Welcome to Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom with your host, psychologist, Parthenia Izzard. Parthenia is a psychologist and certified natural health care practitioner who will show you alternative paths toward health with a holistic approach. Call with your questions or comments at 610-664-4100. Now here's the host of Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom, psychologist, Parthenia Izzard. Good morning to those of you listening to our live broadcast today, July 29, 2006. And a good day to those of you listening to a rebroadcast some other time. You're listening to Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom with me, psychologist Parthenia Izzard at WWDB 860 on the AM dial. On this program, we discuss alternative medicine therapies and related products and issues. Only try the therapies shared here after consulting with your physician. Last Saturday, our guest was Joel Odner. Uh, we discussed Raw Lifeline, the raw meal delivery business, uh, and part of the herb black cohosh and part of the yoga asana, Prasarita Padottanasana 1. If you missed that show, you can go to our website at www.amtherapies.com, click on the radio show link, scroll down to the show you want, and click the button under it to listen to the show. If you want to set up an appointment with me, call 610-660-7710. Later, when we open the phone lines, call 610-664-4100 to ask a question of our guest. Our guest today is James Redfield, author of the Celestine Prophecy series of books and co-author of the screenplay for the movie of, of the same name. At the end of the program, we will finish last week's Herb Black Kohash and Yoga Asana Prasarita Padottanasana 1, if we have time. Now it's time for our wellness news. Heavy metals may be implicated in autism. Uh, this came from uh, the New Scientist print edition, uh, May 30th of this year. They said that urine samples from hundreds of French children have yielded evidence for a link between autism and exposure to heavy metals. This validated the findings, uh, if validated, the findings might mean some cases of autism could be treated with drugs that purge the body of heavy metals. Samples from children with autism contained abnormally high levels 
of a family of proteins called porphyrins, which are precursors in the production of heme, the oxygen-carrying component in hemoglobin. Heavy metals block heme production, causing porphyrins to accumulate in urine. Concentrations in, of one molecule, corporoporphyrin, were 2.6 times as high in urine from children with autism as in controls. Autism is thought to have a number of unknown genetic and environmental causes. Richard Lave of Pieta Research in Edinburgh, United Kingdom, says he has found one of these factors. It's highly likely, he says, that heavy metals are responsible for childhood autistic disorder in a majority of cases. The study will appear in Toxicology and Applied Pharmacology. Lave says these uh, porphyrin uh, metabolites bind to receptors in the brain and have been linked with epilepsy and autism. The researchers restored um, porphyrin concentrations to normal in 12 children by treating them with chelation drugs that mop up heavy metals and are then excreted. It is not known whether the children's symptoms have eased, but Lave cites anecdotal reports suggesting the drugs might do some good something that I thought might, have be, uh, might be of interest to those of you with children uh, suffering from autism. Okay, uh, like I said, our guest today is author and therapist James Redfield. Uh, James Redfield, in 1993, at the age of 43, self-published uh, The Celestine Prophecy, which chronicles nine insights into a greater spirituality. He has been keenly interested in human spirituality all of his life, Born on March 19, 1950, he grew up in a rural area uh, near Birmingham, Alabama. From an early age, he was motivated by a need for clarity about spiritual matters. Brought up in the church uh, that was uh, loving and had a, uh, was community-oriented, he was nevertheless frustrated by a lack of answers to his questions about the true nature of spiritual experience. As a young man, he studied Eastern philosophies, including Taoism and uh, Zen, while majoring in sociology at Auburn University. He later received a master's degree in counseling and spent more than 15 years as a therapist to abused adolescents. Uh, During this time, he was drawn into the human potential movement and turned to it for theories about intuitions and psychic psychic phenomena that would help his troubled clients. Uh, Redfield was forming ideas that would eventually find their way into the Celestine Prophecy. In 1989, he quit his job as therapist to write full-time, synthesizing his interest in interactive psychology, Eastern and Western philosophies, science, futurism, ecology, history, and mysticism. In October of 1997, James Redfield uh, received a medal of the presidency of the Italian Senate at the uh, 23rd Pio Manzu International Conference conference in Rimini, Italy. Uh, he, was, he has been wild, widely involved in saving America's last wilderness areas. In the spring of 2000, he joined uh, Millard, Millard Fuller, as the, uh, who is the founder of the Habitat for Humanity, as the only two recipients of the Humanitarian of the Year honors from their alma mater, Auburn University. And then uh, two months later, he received uh, the same award, uh, a Humanitarian of the Year Award, uh, from the International New Thought Alliance. Uh, The Celestine series of adventure parables continued in 1999 with the publication of The Secret of Shambhala, In Search of the Eleventh Insight. In March of 2004, James Redfield was honored by the Wisdom Media Group 
with the World View Award for engaging the discussion on the nature of human existence and for his ongoing efforts and contributions to the bettering of humanity. James and his wife, Sally, both natives of Alabama, reside in Florida with their cat, Meredith. Good morning, Mr. Redfield. How are you? Hi. Uh, very good. I'm so glad uh, that you agreed to, uh, to this interview, uh, and I'm very excited about it and looking forward to the experience myself. Uh, could you start out by telling us a little bit about your come from, uh, where you hailed from? We, we know where it was, but what were some of your experiences growing up? Well, you know, I think from the very beginning I was interested in uh, a deeper view of spirituality. You know, I had a lot of questions. Um, uh, if if there's a divine presence in the world, how do we how do we connect with that? Uh, what does it feel like to do so? What are the changes that happen in our perception? You know, our idea about the world. Uh, you know, what are the details of the spiritual experience? You know, where we can get down to the fact of uh, if we can have a greater contact with with the divine, with God. Um, what do we have to do to to find that, and uh, what are the changes uh, that that can happen in our lives if we have questions for the little church where, where <laughs> I grew up? And uh, but it did propel me on to um, you know a greater study about human spirituality and and uh, what we were actually looking for and what we got when we found it. Mm-hmm. So. Um, that was uh, that's what started me off in uh, way I went to graduate school and in a career in uh, in uh, therapy. Okay, now I, I am curious about um, your involvement with America's Last Wilderness Areas. If you would interject that a bit, I think some of our listeners may not be aware of that. Well, you know, I I uh, as a result of my own. Um, sense of the spiritual and the sacred in, in my life, you know, really value um, uh, wilderness areas, you know, the, the sort of pristine natural cathedrals that we, that we have uh, uh, on the planet. And uh, anyone who's looked into this matter know that the, these, these beautiful old-growth forests and <clears throat> sacred sites are they're disappearing at an alarming rate out there. Most of them exist in private hands. Some of them are own national forests, um, and there's you know there's always this uh, this march of uh, commercial interests that would like to use these areas as natural resources. And and I think uh, you know like Teddy Roosevelt in the past, we have to each of us uh, really be concerned that these these places are going to disappear in the future for our and our children will miss having them, and we really have to uh, preserve them. So. One of the things I like to do is, is give support to to, um, to all the ecological groups who, who are trying to save these places. Okay. Um, so now, how do you get from therapist to writer? <laughs> well, you know, I think I always um, uh, had a drive to write, you know, to talk about uh, uh, the, this very interesting topic of, of spirituality. And, uh, you know, all the polls... Uh, back in the uh, early 90s really showed that it was a it was a topic that we were opening up to in a, in a in an authentic way in other words there's a lot of all of us have probably grown up in relation to some spiritual tradition some religion 
but what's happening out there and what has happened in the last 25, 30 years is that we begin to look for the real thing. In other words, we want to, it's one thing to say we believe or if anyone asks, we might say, yes, we believe this or believe that. But it's a whole different thing to, uh, to sense and go after the actual deeper experiences of spirituality. Uh, and that's what I wanted to focus on. And, and I started to write about what I believed was happening and, uh, to us uh, in terms of the deeper spiritual experience. Oh, he's so good. He heard the music coming up and just knew that meant something. <laughs> well, thank you for pausing. We, we're coming up on a break, and I want to remind everybody that you are listening to Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom. With me, psychologist Parthenia Izard. This program is sponsored by Alternative Medicine Therapies. The main office is at the Tubala Plaza Building, Suite 300 in Bella Kenwood, Pennsylvania. Visit our website at www.amtherapies.com or call the office at 610-660-7710. Stay tuned for our return with author James Redfield of the Celestine Prophecy series and the movie. Why should you passively exist with backaches, allergies, PMS, colds, flu, and other ailments? It's time to take charge of your life with preventive measures. Contact Alternative Medicine Therapies at 610-660-7710 for an initial consultation. Alternative Medicine Therapies offers a holistic approach to preventive care, unlike conventional medicine that tries to correct the illness that exists instead of preventing it altogether. Don't let anyone tell you that your situation is hopeless. Alternative medicine therapies like iridology, kinesiology, reflexology, energy medicine, which includes chi light therapy, acupressure, and psychological consultations has an amazing track record of positive results. Why suffer when alternative medicine therapies with psychologist Parthenia Izard is here to help? Contact Alternative Medicine Therapies today for an initial consultation at 610-660-7710 and visit their website at www.amtherapies.com. And don't miss Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom, psychologist Parthenia Izard's radio program each Saturday morning at 8 on AM860 WWDB. Don't passively exist with backaches, allergies, PMS, cold, flu, and other ailments. Listen to me, Parthenia Izard, every Saturday morning at 8 for Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom. I am a local natural health care practitioner and psychologist. I will show you alternative paths toward health with a holistic approach. Don't miss Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom with me, Parthenia Izard, every Saturday morning at 8, only on AM 860 WWDB. And we're back, and you're listening to Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom with me, psychologist Parthenia Izard. To visit our website to participate in my blog, that's one way I get your feedback. Today we're talking with James Redfield of the Celestine Prophecy series and the movie, The Celestine Prophecy, the movie. Uh, James, you were giving us some information about your background and your therapist experience and your you know, getting started, your general interest in writing. What specifically inspired you to write the Celestine Prophecy? And, of course, I'm certain people are curious about where where you got the insights. I mean, you know, where did they come from? Right. Well, you know, as I, uh, I was in a graduate school program at the time, and and during the uh, late 80s, early 90s, 
became really clear that uh, there was a whole worldwide movement that we called the human potential movement, and uh, this this movement aimed at uh, and aimed at the idea that we could be more than we thought we could be. There were blocks that we could work through in, in our past or in our attitudes that would open ourselves up to a greater set of talents and an awareness of who we are and a freedom to express ourselves in a way that made us really creative. Uh, in other words, we could be all that we could be and we could open up to that. And that was a whole psychological movement uh, that really was uh, uh, in, in psychiatry, psychology, uh, throughout the universities in the world, really. And um, as I looked at that and, and participated in it, um, I realized that there was, there was really more happening than could be expressed psychologically. Uh, what was really occurring, in my view, was a, a spiritual awakening. And if in this time frame, it was, it was, I felt, awakening through a series of insights uh, into a deeper spiritual experience. Uh, and these insights, I thought, were universal. They were, in a sense, archetypal, which means that our brains were sort of hardwired for these awakenings. Uh, it's what we sensed we could do. It's a deeper experience we sensed we could have and want, wanted and, and that our brains and our consciousness could expand into. So uh, I didn't make these insights up, uh, as I like to say uh, a lot. Uh, you know, I, I just tried to describe uh, what was happening to uh, people everywhere uh, in the last 20 years, uh, 30 years, uh, around the world. And so the Celtic prophecy, well, although written as a story based on my experiences and others, uh, it was really a parable that that illustrated these nine insights that I felt we were we were all uh, 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 moving through at pretty much the same time. Okay, now the the the, the total concept of the Celestine prophecy. Uh, did you have in your mind, for, for example, while you were writing the Celestine Prophecy, the secret of Shambhala, or did all of these things sort of evolve in a, their own unique way? Well, yeah, they, you know, I, 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 I felt like I had a handle on a, a good description of the first nine insights that we were that were occurring out there. Mm -hmm. But I, did I have the tenth insight, which <laughs> is the second book? No, I didn't. Oh, okay. uh, but I, I did feel like it was it was. A, Emerging in the culture, but I just tried to, in my you know, looking at polls and looking at talking to individuals, uh, and looking at the media and what was of interest in the world. I really then decided that hey, there's a tenth insight emerging out there, and and similarly, uh, the the third book, the the secret of Shambhala, which is describes the eleventh insight. Uh, uh, after that came in uh, and. I really felt like that that insight was coming, and now there's a twelfth insight coming, which I'm working on now. Oh boy, you got ahead of me. You know, I was going to ask you what, if there was something coming in the you know, off the horizon there. Well, that's that's good to know, and you'll have to give us more specifics about that before the program is over, please. Okay. Um, <clears throat> the, now the books that I have in front of me right now, I have the Celestine Prophecy, I have the Tenth Insight, I also have a book called. Uh, the 10th uh, Insight, Holding the Vision, an Experiential Guide. Then I have the Celestine Vision, and then the Secret of Shambhala. Um, can you give a, a little information about the purpose for the Experiential Guide 
Well, you know, we we wanted to, um, <clears throat> and people asked for uh, after the Celestine Prophecy came out, a a way of digging deeper into the material and uh, a way of uh, uh, opening up to these insights personally. And, and so we wrote a, uh, what we called the experience, experiential guides. We did it for the Celestine Prophecy. It's available, and also the Tenth Insight, the second book. And you know what we wanted to do is just write a book for groups where they collectively could get together and discuss and look at their own lives and talk about these insights. So then there are study groups, and I I know that they can uh, get information about that from the website, but could you give a little information about what your website is and, you know, if they're interested in study groups, how they might go about joining one? Well, I think that, uh, you know, we have, uh, there are many, many uh, study groups going on out there. We don't even know about all of them, actually. Mm. Uh, and it's uh you know there are a lot of places people can go uh there's a forum on the on our on on my personal site which is uh selsteinvision.com uh where they can look and, and and there'll be people talking about study groups on the forum for instance and so on um on the movie site when we'll talk about the movie I'm sure mm-hmm. uh here but the the selsteen prophecy movie site is is the SelestineProphecyMovie.com, uh, and it has a lot of information also about uh, uh, what people are doing out there. And uh, we have a a, uh, a teleconference that meets uh, every other Tuesday. Uh, either both of those sites have on it uh, how to uh, uh, to connect with this free uh, teleconference, which is just a way of uh, having everybody come together, uh, many many people every every uh, Tuesday and. And Sally and I discuss with them the the relevant uh, every every time uh, some relevant uh, happenings out there in the world that are, are I think of a keen interest from this point of view. Uh, now and then, also, if people are interested in getting information about James Redfield, the the author, and its re- and his relationship with the development of the concept of the Selfsting Vision, he does have a book, uh, The Selfsting Vision, uh, which deals with that also. Okay, I wanted to get all that information about your books out um, because I know there may be people who may have missed one of them. How? How? I don't know, but you, you know, you never know these things. Now, how did the film concept emerge, and what was your objective with the film? Well, Selfsting Prophecy movie. You know, we we had talked about it uh, for years and years. You know, we had a lot of offers from studios, but our main goal with the movie was to make sure that the movie um, stayed true to the book. And uh, that's difficult in Hollywood uh, to try to get that done. So uh, it took a while, but uh, in in, uh, in 03, uh, 02 really, we started to uh, to look at uh, screenplays, and, and I wrote a first draft of a screenplay and then partnered with Barnett Bain, who's a producer, uh, was the producer of What Dreams May Come, if you remember that movie of, in the 90s, with a Robin Williams. But... Uh, he and I wrote the rest. Uh, the, you know, wrote uh, the file screenplay, and then uh, in '04 we we started to shoot the movie. Uh, totally independent production, so uh, uh, it's out now, and uh, it's being released regionally, and uh, is uh, I think opening uh, soon in the uh, Pennsylvania uh, area. Actually, uh, it did open. Um, I was told that it opened earlier in the year, and I unfortunately missed it because I was wrapped up in 
working on myself and my own spiritual uh, development. I, I have to admit I don't get an opportunity to go to the movies as much as I would like, but I have bookmarked uh, the date that for an upcoming um, uh, opening of the movie that I'm definitely going to catch. So yeah, I will. Oakmont, <clears throat> I think. Yes, yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. But in a way, you know, I'm just really, really glad I'm having an opportunity to, to speak with you first and uh, just sort of review all of this before I see it. So I do, I am one of those people who believes everything happens, you know, the way it's supposed to happen. And uh, like I said, I'm looking forward to seeing the movie. Would you like to share with us some of the um, insight-related events that occurred before, during, and after the creation of the movie? Sure. Well, you know, the one of the central insights is the first insight uh, that I believe we're getting in touch with, and that is this, the sense that around us are occurring mysterious coincidences. And uh, these coincidences seem at first uh, unrelated, but then when, when we look at them, we see that some event that happens in our lives, say we, um, we meet a total stranger on a subway or something, uh, and that stranger is, happens to be working in exactly the field that we had thought we might work, want to work in gives us information and lots of intriguing advice. And, and we, we think back and, and say, well, you know, I was exact, this was exactly the time I was wanting to make a move in my career, and then I meet this person who's doing exactly what I, what I, I want to do. So it's, there's these meaningful coincidences, if we keep our eyes open, that, that happen to us that seem, in a sense, beyond chance. Uh, sure, it could, could it be a chance event? Yeah, from one perspective. You know, we've always thought of them as chance events, but from another, from a spiritual point of view, we have to ask the question, you know, was, is there some force in the world that brings to us events, information, opportunities that allow us to fulfill a kind of destiny in our lives um, operating? And, uh, of course, uh, if I believe, uh, and this is the first insight, that, hey, yes, these things happen. Uh, coincidences happen uh, uh, that uh, will open up our lives and allow us to be all we can be if we follow uh, the suggestion and follow this information and explore it fully. So, uh, you know, that's happened all through the development of books with with us, and, and certainly in the movie, uh, it was one thing after another. <laughs> as as you know, we as as the world opened up to give us the opportunity to to make this movie the way we wanted. Um, you know, it all started with the cast. You know, you have to have your cast. Uh, we very first uh, 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 signed uh, Matthew Settle, who's our main character, uh, played in End of the West, a Spielberg uh, miniseries, also a Band of Brothers uh, a miniseries. So he's, he was perfect, actually, for our role. We 